Hello, Cinemates. It's your boys, the Cinemates. We're back with another <laughs> thrilling cinematic adventure. I'm just waiting for your name to come up. And we couldn't be more excited to have you with us. This is Cinemates. I'm Jake Schultz. And I'm Mike Jose Collins. Oh, you went with Jose today. I How did. different. I got to switch it up this time. I'm kidding. I'm Mike. And I'm Jake. Nice, nice to see yes. you guys. We got a lot to talk about. We saw a movie on Friday. We, we did. We didn't lie. We went and saw we it. We went and actually saw it. We saw Talk to Me. Talk to Me. The much talked about indie debut, which uh, lit up the box office, and that's not all we're going to get into with the box office this weekend. Heck yeah. That's, uh, yeah, cool beans. You don't have an intro written out? I, I was thinking, why don't you just talk about the movie now? You want to go straight into the movie? Kind of. All right. Talk to me. Talk to me. So this was out of nowhere. This is written and directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. Twins. Are twins from the Aussie. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And, uh, Australia. Th- yes. Sorry. <laughs> In case you didn't get it by Aussie. Uh, this is a film that was uh, shot last year and has been basically like for the first 45 seconds of this movie it's just all straight different studios just showing <laughs> their name because a lot of studios came in to help make this film this movie has a 4.5 million dollar budget which is not a lot if you know movies and this is first time directors and a24 got the distribution rights for the united states so this is not their film like a lot of people think it is so they just distributed it in the states and this is talk to me it's a supernatural horror film you want to get into it Let's do it. Let's get into it. Non-spoilers to start off first, as always, and then spoilers. So, Talk to Me uh, stars Sophia Wilde as Mia, and it is the relationship between these teenagers and this mysterious hand that they find that becomes a party trick, and when you use it and hold on to it and say, Talk to Me, turns out to be a supernatural navigation between the real world and the spirit world or otherwise known as purgatory Mm -hmm. so when you use that you can say talk to me and that's what happens so the film is around their that relationship and what happens when you hold on too long slay i like this movie a lot yeah go just going straight into it i was pleasantly surprised if you told me that these was these were first-time directors and not just that they were youtubers (laughs) I would yeah. be like, are you kidding me? The direction is so strong for first-time directors. Their eye on everything. I love the way that they just contorted shots and just yep. utilized it. It's not flashy. It's not overly flashy, but it's really good. And There's it's really lot of, strong. It looks really, really good. It does it, look really whatever good. Whatever the cinematographer was on this was great. There's some excellent shots where they go like indoors, outdoors. Aaron McCliskey is like, the cinematographer. Like work out really well. You see it a bit in the trailer with the like... I don't. Uh, you didn't watch the trailer, eh? I did not watch the trailer. Okay, so no. you see the the falling of the chair and stuff. You see, they do that stuff really, 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 really well in this movie, where they sort of like follow the person falling, but it, it's like in a very interesting way. It looks really good. It's a great mm-hmm. looking film. It's a great looking film. And normally, when it comes to indie horror films, you know, th- there is a lot of opinion on how indie is ma- indie horror is made right now, specifically out of a twenty four. Well, I just still disagree that it's not really a genre. A24 is not a genre. They're a studio. They distribute films. They do have a knack for films that they keep their eye out and want to put out into the world. So what I'm thinking of is those smart indies, quote-unquote smart indies, where the horror is very 
subsided, subdided. So that's our word, sub subsidized. Like it's not as prevalent because it's more around the themes around the film. What I liked about this one specifically was that it didn't feel like it was trying to be overly smart, which is what a lot of those indies are. No, but it somehow does challenge you psychologically. Yes. It is just a very very straightforward premise with this hand Mm -hmm. that people are using, and it doesn't ask you for more than to just take it at face value. It doesn't over-explain everything. You're not sitting here learning about the mysterious backstory of this hand. It's a hand that they found and they have in their possession, and it's totally prevalent. Yeah, I can see some dumb teenagers doing this as a party trick, becoming the newest fad, and that's what the movie started off as. It was showing that this was like, oh, this isn't real, and they're looking at like TikToks of it. Yeah, it's really prevalent. Makes sense. Kids are dumb, and yeah, the kids are dumb in this movie. But I thought it was handled really well, and I enjoyed it. And I like to left it with some really striking. Like when I look back at it, I I see some striking imagery in my my head. And some really solid scares that were not developed with jump scares. There's no yeah, jump scares in this movie. Does not rely on that at all. And that's what you were like. You were like, Ugh, no jump scares because we've we've talked about this on our insidious one that you like jump scares. I like a jump scare. I don't like jump good, scares. Something that makes you last. And yeah, this this movie doesn't rely on that, but you still get the same feeling that you get from a jump scare where you're truly terrified by something. Yeah. And just leaving the theater, you're like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. There's some scenes that are like are still in my mind. The when Riley's possessed for the first time, absolutely horrifying. That's probably the scariest, I think, scene in the movie. That feels like a very modern-day exorcism. It w- it just goes from zero to 100. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it, crazy. It's actually absolutely unreal. I found the story, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an issue where, but I'll talk about that after, but it doesn't really, you don't really know where it's going to go. No. Even though it's a, like a pretty simple premise, which I thought was very intriguing. And it also just sort of tells you what it is. Like, there's no hidden anything. It's like what you said. They're not trying to hide what the movie is. No. And it it works. Yeah, it works it, really well. Very good, solid lead performance. Yeah, from, I think we're going to see. A, Wild. I think we're going to see a lot more of her. I think so. She carries that thing, and yeah. she's asked for a lot as well in a lot of the scenes, especially like the possession scenes. Yeah, she's really good in it, and seeing her just slowly devolve into this psychological issues especially when it comes to dealing with her mom and you understand a bit more when the movie goes on why she's reacting the way she is with certain things it's all handled really well yeah it's just a solid solid horror movie i think it's one of the better horror movies we've seen this year there's not a lot of good horror this year so far which is a shame because last year was really good like i at the top of my my head scream six is the only other horror movie i can think of that i enjoyed from this year yeah yeah i found there's like really they did stuff really really well like the gore Never felt like over the top. There's a it's a gory movie. There's a lot of gore in it, but like, shockingly gory. Yeah, but like each bit of gore, or like cut, sort of added something. Like there was a reason behind it, and it contributed to the narrative. Like it all had purpose. And I thought the sound was incredible in this thing. They do a really good way of playing with the hand and the possession aspect, going off with the gore. Of the first time it happens, it's pretty freaky. And then after that, they kind of play into the party trick aspect of it. Oh, it's fun, and it's, it's like happy, and then it's not immediately. And I yeah. thought that was really clever. I thought it was cool to kind of like show the intimidation and then take it away and then bring it back in like the worst way possible. I thought that's really clever. And for first-time yeah. directors to be doing that and to hit as effectively as it was is pretty pretty promising for yeah. these guys. Yeah, 100%. I thought the – well, what would you think of the sound? I thought especially stuff with the knives – 
The knives were like it was loud, freaky. It was a very loud. It was a very, movie. I don't you know think if that like, was just our screening. No, no, no. It, it was. Uh, I was looking it up because I was like, "It's something wrong with our movie theater." It's immediately, that, it's a very loud. Immediately movie. in the movie, the film starts off with a loud knife yeah. noise, like within the first two minutes yeah. of it, and we were like, "Whoa, it's really loud." It's handled really good, though. It is like the banging on the door scene was crazy. Just it helps terrifying. to add to that psychological aspect. I think it does a hundred percent. I like that knife noise. So good throughout mm-hmm. this whole movie. Anytime there's a knife, it's like actually terrifying. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Um, the characters were all really believable. All of them were so. The, each character is somehow really relatable. I love the mom in this. The mom was Miranda really, Otto. really good. She is very good. She's a good actress. Yeah, I, I haven't seen her in other stuff. Is she in other things? Uh, she is. She is a well-known actress. She's in uh, the Thin Red Line. I don't know if you saw that one, the Malik um, film. Uh, Terrence, Ma- Terrence Malik, Terrence Malik. So she's in that one. She's in Lord of the Rings. She looks familiar, eh? Yeah. So she's she's, she's been good. in a lot of stuff. She's like probably the most well known name in this movie because the rest are all yeah. pretty relatively unknown. Sophia Wilde's done a, a couple of things, but she's never had anything. This is gonna be a big break for her. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. we're gonna see a lot. I love the use of practical effects in this. It doesn't it's like no there's, CGI. Yeah, there's no CGI. It's good. I I don't want to see CGI in a whole no, movie. No, actually, yeah. And this, why would you want to see it? <laughs> yeah, this is very well done, and I think the psychological aspect of this movie is just such a great layer to this. Uh, we watched three really good movies in a row. We did so four if you count Elemental. That's awesome. We like dunked on stuff for the first three weeks of this <laughs> and least, podcast. If you count Elemental, that's four in a row where we've just enjoyed and Elemental all these movies. Yeah. We haven't had a chance to talk. But about But we watched Elemental Insidious yet. between. <laughs> oh, you're right. I forgot. It. See, that's I already forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, these directors are doing Street Fighter. So yes, they've already been tapped movie, on. Right? I'm fine with it. Give them a bit more budget, see what happens. I think they're capable. I'm worried that it's going to be as you as Mike struggles with the mic right now. Uh, I'm worried that it's going to be a bit more throwing them straight into blockbusters is a little concerning. I would like to see them do a couple more small things before I see it, but they're, really? they're clearly capable of it. I want to see them with money. I think with them with money would be a really interesting I think, premise. I think it'll be cool. So it's Street Fighter the game. I saw the title Street Fighter and I was wondering. Yeah, it's the game. It is. Oh, it's the game okay. adaptation. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Anything you didn't like about it? Um, there's a couple plot issues I think I had, uh, mainly into the third act that I wasn't huge on. But ultimately, I think it's just it does a very good job at what it set out to do. It's an it's a short movie. It's only yeah. around ninety minutes. It Perfect doesn't. Time. It it it's paced very well for a ninety minute film. It feels a bit longer than your typical ninety minute film, but I think it, it earns its pacing because it's it's going through all of these motions and trying to teach you certain aspects of the horror and the psychological aspect. The more it just plays with it, yeah. I think it earns its runtime and I think it earns its pacing. I think it's. I, I'm just like I said. I'm blown away that this is a first time director. Yeah, it's actually incredible that it is. Yeah, uh, I. There's some things I didn't like, like the from the beginning scene, you know where it's going to end, which I think is a part of the point of the movie is that you don't know where it's going to, how it's going to get there. Mm. But I thought it a lot of it seemed obvious. A lot of it was very like typical horror trope things that you just know is going to happen, which they did well, but I just wanted a little like differentiation, like some variants of things. I thought they should have let the um, uh, Sophie Wilde breathe a bit. Like it seemed like they, they just put a lot on her, and it it's kind of got boring. Like her character got a little boring at times, a little tedious. Mm. That they, I felt like they needed a break. 
but also they gave a lot of breaks to the plot of the movie which i think was for the audience purpose but the fact that it was so chaotic i wanted them to keep going yeah but there's a little too many i felt like audience breaks from what was actually happening i think that's just more to play with the what's real what isn't real aspect yeah i just didn't like it though yeah fair enough i agree why like i understand why they did it and it works for the movie it just i th- i would have liked to see something more do i get into spoilers yeah go crazy not too much to talk about for spoilers uh i'll talk about my main issue with the plot so what happens with the hand as we alluded to if you hold on too long so it was 60 seconds i believe was like the max they ever said that you could hold on to the hand and what happens with riley is that riley holds on to this hand for 20 seconds riley is i think 14 i believe he's the younger brother of one of the characters uh, jade's younger brother uh who i thought she was really good as well alexander jensen shout out to her she was very good as jade uh, for, especially for someone that like I've never seen before. She's also very good. Yeah. Uh, so he takes a hand, says, talk to me. Then he says, I let you in, which is the two phrases. So you can talk to me when you see the ethereal uh, purgatory. So that's you see the people staring at you, like the, the people that are stuck in between. And, and that's another thing I really liked. The depiction of purgatory, I thought was really yeah. cool. Very and good. it was like freaky, but at the same way, like, Towards the end, you kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they do that so well. Um, so then, when he does this, he sees "quote unquote" Mia's mom, who died. At this point, we did not know what it was. We learned later in the movie she killed herself by overdosing on medication. Did she? Yes, that's what they said it was. That's what they said, but then she said it wasn't true, and she was actually telling the truth. So she didn't mean, but to that's. Kill herself. That's not her. That's a different spirit. No, wasn't it her? That was her mom. I don't think that is. Yeah, no, no, it was because she was actually on her side trying to help her. She was trying to get Riley saved. And she was telling, remember in the reveal, she was saying, that's not your dad. And it wasn't her dad. So she was actually the mom trying to help her. I think we have different depictions on how this movie went. That's what I thought. You thought she was, so she's, I I took away that she's not real. That the mom is not real. That that, that was a, a a demonic spirit possessing to be her mom, which no. is why the oh, dad. Interesting. Yeah, that's why like the, the dad during that scene specifically. There's a scene later in the movie where the dad reads the suicide note to her, and then she's in the room, and her mom goes and visit visits her, and is like, "Yeah, that's not real. This is fake." And then comes, and the dad is like knocking on the door, which is a spirit. as I took it, was another spirit. Yeah. Because then the real dad would come in and then get stabbed by accident because she didn't know. But why would she warn her, though, that it's a fake spirit? But So here's where I think you might have missed something because the mom is trying to tell her to free Riley because Riley is, he's in pain. But she's trying to get her to kill Riley. Yeah. Why would someone make her do that if not for nefarious reasons? Because we see Riley stuck in purgatory now. Yeah, but that's the spirits messing with her mind mm. because that was the whole point of this thing is if you hold on for, to the hand too long, yeah, yeah. you start to see in between everything and it plays tricks with you because the kid at the beginning of the movie who killed or who stabbed his brother but killed himself was did the same thing and the spirits were telling him to do interesting. Okay, specific okay. Things. So I think, like, I I agree with you on that, but I, I think there that's was what I took parts I, though that were true. Well, I guess that's the point of the movie. I like, didn't what think was actually fair. Going on. I, I didn't think that there was a. I thought it was pretty like hard nose like that was what it was but mm. i could be wrong and you could be right but that's what i took away because it was just 
that was the whole point is well, what's real, re- what isn't yeah, real. I thought the re- I thought it was like a reveal, like, oh, it actually because I thought it was that, and then I thought, oh, why would she tell her that there's another demon? No, because the at the end of the movie, before she's about to throw Riley, she takes Riley from the hospital yeah. and is going to throw him onto the road. She, the mom is like behind her, like telling her to do it. Yeah, and then she throws herself into the road. Is that what we think happened? That is what is confirmed. Okay, was okay. what happened was that she threw herself. I don't like, and I how I see that. I don't think they handled it as well. Was that it didn't play a bit too? It, they didn't show it, but like a bit more about that relationship, a little bit. Yeah. Because if this is what we're doing, yeah, if, exactly. if, you, if you have a different perspective on what I did, which I thought was set in stone, I don't think they handled it as well as it could have been. And <laughs> that's like some slight script issues. Yeah. So that that's what I was, took away from it because she's like, oh, I, this is fake. She finally realized that like this is they're they're trying to. So she was like, the only way that I can get rid of this is if I just end. Yeah. My own life, and then she ends up being in purgatory. How do you feel about the ending, though? Because uh, like when she's walking back dead, I think the, the ending's really good. I think the ending's very. I thought it was good, but I was confused what they were trying to say. She's just in purgatory now. But why was everybody okay? Why was everybody okay? Yeah, because Riley wasn't actually being possessed. Like he wasn't actually. Oh. Because the so this is all framed around the candle. Because the candle, they didn't blow yeah, the candle blow out when they were... Oh, we forgot to mention that a bit earlier. But <laughs> there was a candle. You had to light a candle. That was the, the guide to the spirit out. world. Yeah. So they didn't blow it out. So everything that was happening was because Riley... Or because everything between Riley and Mia with the hand. Yeah, yeah. Because the two were connected through that. Oh. So that's that's what I mean. I think, nice. I think nice. you took okay. it differently. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That so that's, a, that makes a lot of everything's sense. Everything's fine because Mia's dead. Yeah. And she was the connection she was between the, connection. Oh, the two okay, worlds. Okay, and that's why Riley was like seeing her life better. Ah, it's interesting. So the only way to save Riley would have been for her to kill herself. Nice. Hell yeah. You get it? You understand my perspective now? I completely get that. That makes a lot of sense. It makes more sense than what I thought. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, what What do you mean? Because I thought that was pretty self-explanatory. I thought it was more the mom was actually the mom and she wanted to save Riley. um, But at the end... She killed herself because she just wanted to be with her mother. Yeah, but then wouldn't there have been something with the mom there at the end of the movie too? If that exactly. Was the but then I thought, oh, well, she just because I thought that was the whole point is that you couldn't really like her, her mom looked very deformed yeah, exactly. at points, and also a lot of the shots of her mom you couldn't really see her face. There was a couple of them where you could. Yeah. Or she just wanted to kill herself like the guy at the beginning. Yeah. No, I think it's my perspective. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Is. I think you're right. Look at that. Look. Well, you got an insight yeah, of the I two agree. of us. I think you're right. Talking about it. So. If that's the case, there's a couple script issues. If you're a virgin? No, yeah. I think if my, yeah, I my think, version, I there's think a little right. bit I think of, you definitely understood that way more than I did. Because if, if it's your perspective, if that's what it actually is, I then I don't understand the movie, Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. No, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Cool. Look at that. You guys <laughs> said the inner workings of our brain. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, that's why I didn't really like the ending. Yeah, now does it frame now it a little bit more perspective? Far more, yeah. makes far more sense. So she's stuck in purgatory at the end of the film. Yeah. And then she Which sees- Which I, I love that that final shot. Of the hand sticking yeah, out, yeah. and then she grabs the hand, and it's another- Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I just love the idea of it continuing as yeah. a constant thing. And I just I love that they don't explain the hand. It's just- Yeah, it's, I really, really- like, I find with a lot of these horror movies, they like- Well, that's what I was saying about the smart indies. Try to give it some they, justification or some reasoning behind it. They like, over-explain everything. Yeah. This didn't need any- It felt- It didn't need it. It, it was felt, about the horror. Yeah. And it really- It was a, a truly terrifying movie. It felt like a peak 80s- horror movie like yeah. peak 70 80s like very clever but very simplistic and, and we don't get enough of those horror movies we either get dog horror like insidious 
where everything's just boring, and then hey. so, or you get some other crappy Netflix stuffs, or you get really intellectual horror movies where it's over like over explained. But there's never really those ones in the middle, and this is a perfect one that's in the yeah. middle, just about the scare. Yeah, it works. What it works was your really favorite well. horror moment of the thing? Because there's a lot. It's when Riley gets possessed. That's your favorite it's, one. Uh, truly, so like just his head goes the... it goes absolutely nuts, and it sounds so freaking bad, like ferociously horrifying. The way he tries I, to I grab his eye. When he, oh my god! I saw you like, ah, dude. Like, I was like reacting in the theater. I think for like most of this movie, I was like laughing because I was so. Oh my god! I can't yeah. believe this is happening. Yeah. It was great. Uh, uh, truly, like phenomenal scares. My favorite was. Riley was still possessed at the time, but it was when they were in the bathtub. Yeah. And he falls over, and then he just starts smashing smashing his his head head on the back of the wall. And there's, like, one scene where he's in purgatory, and they show all the demons, like, eating him. Yeah, what? That was... That is a crazy trick. Oh, they're also all naked, too. They're all naked old people (laughs) just trying to, like, rub against his kid's body. Oh, God. Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I do wish, as much as I enjoyed the depiction of purgatory, I wish we saw a little bit more of, like, the actual plane itself. I think they did it well. Yes, no, they did it I well. I just, they, I'm uh, sitting I don't know here if I wanting. Want I want more. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want that. Do you think they're gonna try to make a sequel? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they would do, but yeah, I mean, it you could. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm not gonna think about that now. If no. one comes out in like five years, oh, that's sick. I'll go see that. So you're gonna go watch Street Fighter then? Yeah, I really like these guys as directors. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're really good. So that was a positive from both of us. What's our scores on everything? Uh, you know, I gave it a three and a half, but after your explanation, I yeah, I think You're it's a four. It. It's a four for me. It's a four, yeah, straight it's a four for me as well. That explains like, ah, oh, I love that because yeah. I did not get that. Look at that. That's sick. Yeah, four four for me, man. It was actually incredible. Yeah, the the, the crappy part about us having a podcast is that we try not to over explain everything. Like we we watch the movies, and after we're like, yeah. Yeah, we try not. Don't and we just kind of like look at each other because it—that's th- the natural thing with movies—is that if you see yeah, with friends, you, you want to sit and you want to digest everything. Yeah. But we've waited since Friday to talk about it. Yeah. And hell yeah, no four four stars for me then. Glad I could explain the movie a little bit better. For yeah, you. I was a little lost. <laughs> I was so squirmy, bro. Like you I, were I, squirmy. I was really like terrified of this. I one. thought you were good with horror, I, dude. Uh, I'm not great with like. I think, dude, when he went for the eye, I was like feeling my eye for the rest of the movie because I the, was so. It was unexpected it. the way that he just went for the eye too. He's like, "Yeah, get this thing off of me. I don't want it anymore." <laughs> the voices when they were possessed were also really, really creepy. The voice, yeah. I I thought, as much as I really liked how loud and like just terrifying the sound, like there was a pillow that hit someone and it just it's like this boom. And you're like, why is that pillow? Everything was loud. But I felt like there were some things. It might just be because it's Australian and like maybe they, the cultural thing or something sound different or whatever. Like when it comes to like. Could also just be a lack of budget. Yeah. I just thought something sounded like they shouldn't. Yeah, it could just be post-production issues. It, yeah. This is un- not uncommon in films to come out and there's to be a bit issues with se- yeah. with sound. Spider-Verse had it famously. The soundtrack mixing was awful for the first 10 minutes, and you can't hear a mm. single thing Gwen Stacy is saying. They had to re-put out a thing. Tenet, which came out a couple of years ago. No one could hear that movie. Oppenheimer has bits of it. I think it's just, it could be some sound yeah. issues that happened in post. It was great, though. Yeah, if you want to go see a good horror movie in July, which can happen, you can hood out horror movies any time of the year. It does not have to be October. It's a shot at some people. Um <laughs> Go see it. I think it's a really fun movie, even if you're not a huge horror fan. If you like more thrillery aspects, I think this is right up your alley as well. 
because it fits into the psychological aspects of thrillers. It's good. It's a four from both of us. I think that's a it's a good watch. If you're ever looking for something that's non-Oppenheimer, go support it. And people are. Yeah. It's really good. Because it made some money at the box office, which let's means do it. let's get into the box office, shall we? Once again, one of the best weekends <laughs> continuing. From last weekend, we had a historic box office. This weekend's insane. Barbie, number one, once again, with a 42% drop. That's it. From That's week a lot. One, 42%? 42%? That's amazing. Is it? When it grossed $150 million in its first weekend domestically, and it only oh, dropped 42% to damn. have $93 million as its gross this weekend, its estimated gross. One of the best second weekends of all time. Hell yeah. Great Better movie. than Avatar. Crazy drop. Yeah, yeah. And it added theaters as well. It added another 100 theaters to bring its worldwide total so far to $774 million. This thing is cracking a billion dollars. It's set in stone. It's happened. It's done. It's going to get a billion, and it might do it this week. Let's go. Which would be one of the fastest- Billion dollar movies? Ever. That's not in a franchise. Wow. 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 Because when you think of Avatar, when Avatar started, the first movie was not, it didn't have the best opening. It was a movie that grew on legs because everyone's like, you need to see this movie. You need to see this movie. This movie was front loaded from the start with 150 and its legs clearly matter. Yeah. Because when we went to go see Talk to Me, we saw like the screens for everything, like when it shows the showtimes, low, sold out, low for Barbie and Oppenheimer on Friday. The set, like, And that's how you knew right away that it's going to be in for another massive weekend. So yeah, 42% drop, pretty, pretty good. Similarly, Oppenheimer, just a 44% drop, raking in $46 million domestically as well, bringing its worldwide total to over $400 million worldwide. It's really good for Christopher Nolan, especially if it's one of his non-IP films. Uh, One of the best holds as well this year. We've seen two good holds in Oppenheimer and Barbie. Oppenheimer is not going to make a billion dollars. That is absolutely ridiculous. I see people online that's like, it has a chance. No, it doesn't. It's going to probably, I think it's going to flat out around 600. We'll see. It could have insane legs. IMAX did decide to hold on to Oppenheimer for one more week, so they extended its IMAX run. Uh, Originally had five weeks in IMAX. Now it has six. Also has something to do with the fact that there's nothing coming out the rest of the year (laughs) for the summer for blockbusters so it makes sense to put a little bit more on the two of those why wouldn't you you know makes sense number three haunted mansion had a 150 million dollar budget open to 24 million dollars domestically which is horrible horrible so bad bringing its total so far to just 33 million with nine million dollars this weekend made worldwide that is uh not good for disney once again but this raises something that i've seen online a little bit and everyone's like oh why is disney making why are they putting out a horror movie in the middle of the summer (laughs) like i'm seeing this everywhere saying this made no sense to put this in between barbie and oppenheimer and it's kind of making me a little annoyed (laughs) All right. There is a lot of revisionist history being made right now of people believing that Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to be this big thing right off the bat. Why would Oppenheimer have been as big as this was 
without Barbie. It wouldn't have. Why would Barbie have been as big as it was without Oppenheimer? Would have been big. Not nearly as much as it was because the two fed into each other and created this cultural movement that made it the biggest box office ever for a movie within its first two weeks. Why are we sitting here and going, oh, everyone should have known. Like, oh, this is poor planning by XYZ. Here's Disney again. Oh, this is an awful date. Yeah, okay, it's a horror movie in July. Whatever. Not out of the realm. Scream came out earlier this year in February. It made great money. Why are we sitting here (laughs) and blaming studios for putting out a blockbuster movie in the middle of summer when that is what the summer is, is blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. This is nothing new. The reason people didn't go to see it? Because it didn't look good. No one cares about the Haunted Mansion. You can get whoever you want in that cast. No one cares. Yeah. Disney doesn't care. Because you know what? Their original plan was, put this out in July, we get it for October for Disney+. Plus Because that's what they care about. They care about their streaming service. They care about getting those clicks, those views on their streaming service. They don't care about theatrical. Why would they care about the theatrical market anymore? They can have flop after flop after flop after flop. It doesn't matter because everyone just watches it on Disney+. Plus. All of these movies that have come out that have done terrible are reportedly successes now because everyone watches them on Disney+, Plus because this is what families have been trained for. Why would Bob Iyer care? But why would Bob Iyer? Like, he doesn't care. Oh, I made $33 million. So what? Yeah, it's going to be a bomb. What has Indiana Jones done? It's also been a bomb. Elemental was basically almost a bomb. Disney doesn't care. They're fine. This doesn't affect them. And to sit here and be like, oh, well, they shouldn't have put it out in the middle of the summer. I, I don't agree with it. I, I, it's just it's a weird take. And it, the revisionist history around Barbie and Oppenheimer being like, this was supposed to be this monumental moment. It's a little weird, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree 100% wholeheartedly. Why would anybody want to see Haunted Mansion? <laughs> like, you're telling me in October, sure, they could have got a bit more, but the movie didn't look good, guys. Yeah. Disney live-action movies are failing, and Disney is training their audience that if it is not Marvel or Star Wars, you don't want to see them in theaters. They've been training them like this for the past three years. This is nothing new. When, when was the last Disney original, original, quote-unquote, movie that's come out that's live-action, that's not IP, that anyone cares about. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the same thing. It's it's another live action remake. And the Disney live action remakes, A, the quality has been terrible on them. This is that's also nothing new. We all know how bad they've been. B, no one cares about them anymore because they know how bad it is. And Disney doesn't care. They're just gonna still pump them out, and it doesn't matter because they're gonna get clicks on Disney Plus. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I just had to let I'm that I just you, had to let that out because Saying that Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to be this big to begin with also diminishes how well these two movies are doing at the box office and how good of a story this is. Because if you're being, oh yeah, this always would have happened. No. I'm with you. Anyways, sorry. I had to cut that off my chest. Hell yeah. I was like holding that in a little bit. There's the clip. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Once again, Sound of Freedom. Okay, come on. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> All right, you're not convincing me. Total worldwide, just under 150 million dollars, with 148. I say worldwide, still. Once again, only domestic. Insanity. Number five, losing its theaters, like we said, and losing the money. Not a terrible drop, only 44 percent, but 
Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, $10 million, bringing its total worldwide to $448 million. It is Oppenheimer passed it, and then Mission Impossible said, whoa, 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 relax, and then <laughs> they repassed it. I, Oppenheimer's going to finish higher than this movie, and that is absurd. Yeah. Because I forgot to mention, Oppenheimer is just, I believe, $50 million shy for one of the biggest openings ever for an R-rated biopic. Just past Wolf of Wall Street in its entire run in its second week. That's crazy. But no, that movie was supposed to do good. <laughs> an, R- an R-rated biopic movie that's three hours was supposed to do good at the box office, right? Number five. I said number five. Number six, Talk to Me. We talked yeah. about oh, it's six. Made its money Let's already go. back. $10 million domestically as well as an international of $14,000. <laughs> but bringing its total, it's already made money. Hell yeah. It's going to get more. I think the theaters will probably rise, and uh, I think it'll have a really good box office. I'm glad that just Barbie Oppenheimer is getting people into the theaters in general. Yeah, it's going to be great when there's no movies coming out since everything's being delayed, eh? Go see them now, people. Speaking of go see now, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in its fifth week, still holding there, $4 million this week domestically, bringing its worldwide total to $355 million. Still not making money. Still trying to do something, but Disney doesn't care. So another movie that Disney doesn't care about, but they should probably be proud about it. Elemental, three million four three million dollars this weekend, holding once again just forty percent drop in its seventh week, bringing its worldwide total almost at four hundred million dollars at three ninety five. Number nine, Insidious: The Red Door. Yeah, it's starting to drop a little bit. Three million dollars this weekend, I think. That's expected. It's like its fourth week of release. It's not going to make much more, but hey, it's made $174 million total. So I think I don't think anyone's complaining about that one. No. I think Blumhouse is fine with that. And rounding out the top 10, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is the last week you can go see it. If you have not seen the movie yet, <coughs> Michael Collins, now is your time. Only in 833 theaters, but still bringing in a million dollars. Total worldwide right now is $6 million, $682 million dollars. So it's going to get close to 700. I don't know. I, I think it'll be just shy. I think it might finish around 690 million dollars. Which if you take out the, all those zeros, that's a nice number right there. That's the top 10. That is the top 10 for the weekend as well as this year for the box office. Let's just go over the top 10 like we will every week for worldwide. Number 10, John Wick chapter 4 holding on Still holding on for dear life against Oppenheimer, which has crawled its way up to number 11 already. John Wick with $426 million. Number nine, also still holding on for its life. Transformers, The Rise of the Beasts, 429. So those two movies, we might see some movement with John Wick being knocked out by this week. And Transformers on the edge with Elemental slowly crawling behind it as well. And Indiana Jones, both are there. Number eight, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Also, this is a big cluster of just $400 million movies right here. Mission Impossible with 448, hoping to get some more money there. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania at number 7, 476 for that one. Little Mermaid at number 6, 561. Number 5, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with 682. Number 4, Fast X with $700 million. Number 3, all the way up at number 3, Barbie with 774. Absolutely insane to be the third of 2023 worldwide box office soon to be the second movie to crack 
that $1 billion mark. Guardians better be holding on to its breath because it was coming for its spot this week at number two with 844 and the Super Mario Bros. at $1.3 billion. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And uh, it's good. It's good to see this this movement. Yeah. That about wraps up box office talk. It's a lot of me talking for box office. It's interesting stuff. It is interesting stuff. I just feel lightheaded after it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I just am talking nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. Can you talk for like two seconds, please? Okay. Yeah. And then uh, coming in at number 11 <laughs> is this podcast now on YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> good plug. It's a very good plug. We are on YouTube. We should probably be saying that at the beginning of every podcast so we can warn people if they want to see a video version of the podcasts that yeah. it's also out. It is a bit of a delay, though. Yeah. So it's if like a week late each time. We'll try to not make it a week late since we have two a week, but it's hard. All right. The process is not fun because Mike has a 2002 Windows XP computer, so it decides to not want to render things properly, and it won't go onto my Mac for some reason. You're just making my life difficult, Michael. Okay. Get your own camera. <laughs> I Do you think I have the money to do it? It's free. There's kids playing with them right now at our school. <laughs> I can't take them. Want to go over some TIFF movies? Dude, let's see what's coming. TIFF and Venice, the two, one of the two biggest film festivals uh, starting off the Oscar buzz. I'm dying right now. You okay there, man? <laughs> no, I'm talking too much. Uh, have put out their lineups. Which one do you want to look at first, Venice or TIFF? Uh, let's do Venice. Let's do Venice. Venice, if you don't know, is in the Italy's. And what? it is the Italy. <laughs> the Italy's. And it is, uh, you know, where the spaghetti and the meatballs all are. All right. I'm Italian, so I can say that. All right. And yes, Jake Schultz. <laughs> I have a German last name, but I'm also Italian. You know that. Do I? Yes. Okay. I'm 50 50. 50 50 what? German and Italian. Where are your parents from? Uh, my grandma is from Italy. My grandma and grandpa are both from Italy. And my. Nano and or no, my Nano and Nana are from Italy, and my Oma and Opa are from Germany. So my parents fifty percent. I'm fifty wow, fifty. That's like ten percent, man. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Your, what? Both your grandparents? Yeah. Where are your parent? Where are your parents from? Here, but they're yeah, both okay, they're both okay, Ita- they're both Italian and German, so th- they're basically fifty fifty, which makes me like basically fifty fifty. Is that how that works? No. <laughs> I feel like that's how that works. What do you mean? What, what What am I, Canadian? Yes, we're Canadian. No, I like to say I'm German and Italian. All right. I got that 50-50 in me. Who's right? Let us know. I think I'm right. What does Alora mean? It's, a, it's the most common Italian thing to say. <laughs> what does Alora mean? Alora. It, it, isn't that love? No. No. That's amore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay. Anyways. <laughs> Venice is uh, has a bit more of a flashy lineup than TIFF, I would say. It has a lot more of these big Oscar possibility films that we've been hearing about. Venice? That, yeah, Venice. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an interesting lineup. I'm going to go over some of them. We're not going to go into every single yeah, film. Yeah, because just give me, the, give me the big ones. La Bette. Uh, no, not sorry. Dogman. Luc Besson is back. Uh, and this Dog is man. this is going to be a, a recurring theme: is that Venice does not care about who the director is. They're just going to be out here because Luc Besson yeah. has a history of sexual assault. Uh, yeah, he's he has a new film out there as well. Uh, Maestro Bradley Cooper. This is his second directorial debut. This is a uh, a huge shift from 
uh, Sound of Music, I almost said. No, that's not the film that he did. Uh, what's the movie with Lady Star Gaga? Is Star Born. is Born. Ah, it's close enough. Uh, it apparently is a huge shift between them. It's looked to be a Oscar contender, but it is weird is what I've heard from all the test screenings. Okay. That this is a very strange movie. Bradley Cooper is also acting in this movie as well. So Let's go. This is at debut. It's debuting here. Priscilla, as well as debuting here, Sofia Coppola's new film with Jacob Lordy. Priscilla, same. Relax. Priscilla. <laughs> it is the Elvis Presley perspective from his wife. So, oh, that is what this movie is. That's cool. Is it not? I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. You're the one telling me, man. I am guaranteed it is because it's Jacob Lordy is playing Elvis. Oh, really? Yes. Did you watch? You watched the trailer for this, didn't you? we? Did we? I think so. We we were gonna plan to talk about it on the pod, and I do not believe that. Yeah, it's about Elvis. Yeah. Okay. I I thought so. You, just the way you reacted, I was like, "Am I wrong?" Uh, that is the viewing as well. There, hoping to see something oh. there. Not Does it talk about? Oh, it talks about how she was a teenager. Yeah. Finally, it's the dark side of the Elvis Presley story. Yeah, and it it, gross. it looks really good. I haven't been the biggest Sofia Coppola fan, honestly. Lost in Translation, not a huge fan of. Same with On the Rocks. I wasn't really a fan of that. But this one does look really good. They put the trailer out, the teaser. It looks really dark and mysterious. I'm excited nice. to watch it. I really like Jacob Elordi as well. I think he's a good casting for Elvis. Uh, he's the guy from Euphoria. So I, it'll be it'll be cool to see him in a bigger role. And I'm excited to watch that one. He's so the we'll guy see. from The Kissing Booth. <laughs> Have you seen those movies? Yeah. All of them? Okay. You watched all three of them? Yeah. Michael. They're fine. Dude, they're like fun Netflix stuff. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. They're not fine. You've never seen one, have you? Why would I? Yeah, exactly. They look awful. They're not bad. They're good. Well, it's a stretch. They're fun. Watch them. No, I'm okay. You don't like those cheesy Netflix rom-coms? Young adult rom-coms? To All the Boys I Loved Before? That one? I like the first To All the Boys I Loved Before. That one was great. (laughs) The other ones aren't. Two and three aren't very good. Two's fine. Noah Centineo needs to stop making movies, though. I'm so overseeing him. I don't think anyone's casting him and stuff Did anymore. You watch him in Black Adam? No. <sighs> so bad in that movie. I really liked him in the first one, too, and then he just got really annoying. Why? Did you watch two and three of Two of the Boys? I watched the second. What's <laughs> the third? It's There's a third one? Yeah, it's more Holy. of the same. Okay. I really like the first two. I was really disappointed by yeah. two and three. See, oh, what, what do you think? You never even see the kissing booth. But the kissing booth is like no. It's like you say you. You ever seen Tall Girl? Like no. Yeah, Tall Girl rules. No. The ending of Tall Girl was awesome. When he got the step stool, that's sick. You didn't no. like Tall Girl? Tall Girl is one of the most hated movies. Tall Girl was awesome. They what, made a Tall Girl too. What did you give it? I don't know, but I I would rate it something now. I'd give it like a four and a half. No, you wouldn't. No, four stars. Be, okay, it's good. Tall Girl is a good movie, dude. Dude, it's so cute. The end when he has the step stool, and it's like, why does he walk around with that? And then he's like, for this? That was so cute. She's tall. That's her whole character. That was so cute. You didn't like Tall Girl. No one liked Tall Girl. It had Every, awful what reviews. What do you mean no one liked Tall Girl? It had awful reviews. What are you talking about? It's a good movie. What's wrong with Tall Girl? You can't even say what was wrong with it. Because... It's a movie about a tall girl. That's not and good. And Spider-Man's movie about a Spider-Man. We're not getting back into Spider-Man takes. We're already annoyed tall as many girl. people as tall we did. Tall girl's great. No, I'm never going to watch Tall Girl. I'm sorry. You, you've That's... never even seen it? Why would I? Oh, then what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's called Tall Girl. You cannot diss Kissing Booth and Tall Girl. I've watched some audio commentaries. 
Watch the a movie. Watch no, the movie. No, I watched the like, the segmented ones where I see the worst parts of the movie, and I was like, why would the anyone watch the worst parts this? of them? What are you talking about? They're all bad. It's bad. You've we- never even seen it. Why would I? Because it's a good movie. It's but I'm fun. also not a 12 year old girl that wants it's to not, watch Tall Girl. It's not about 12 year old girl. It's about a tall girl. <laughs> tall girl. It's so cute, bro. I just ruined the ending, though. I thought you saw it. I don't care. To, you got, bro. You it's a great, the ending. great ending. Great. Yeah, I wasn't gonna change my opinion regardless. Anyways, David Fincher's back. Oh, His first film since Mank is debuting here. Netflix has the rights for that one as well. Uh, it's called The Killer. It's with Michael Fassbender. It's, uh, I'm not going to watch that. It's about a killer. <laughs> it's it's Michael Fassbender and David Fincher going back to Fincher's roots. So I'm excited to watch that one. I wasn't a huge Mank fan. I know there's a lot of Mank, Mankiacs out there who d- live and die by that film. It's all right. I'm excited to see if introduce some more crime stuff because that's where that's his element, and I'm very excited to see how that one does. Evil does not exist. I want to highlight this one because this is, this is uh, Hamaguchi's newest film. He's the one that did Drive My Car, which came out of nowhere at uh, the Oscars two years ago. And People got, love that one. Yeah, I saw it. Very good movie. Got nominated for Best Director and because the Academy likes to now put a international film in, in Best Picture and Director, so he was the also Best Director. So that got to highlight that one because that could be one to watch out for just in case it comes out of nowhere once again. Uh, poor Things got delayed to December. Doesn't matter here. Still coming out in Venice. Yorgos Lanthimos' new film with Emma Stone. It's about Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how that one does. I love Frankenstein. You know what else you probably will love? Ferrari. Michael Mann. It's newest film with Adam Driver. It's about cars. Yeah. Do you like Adam Driver? Yeah. It's fine. Sure, it'll be good. I think he's going to be doing another accent in this one. He's got some good performances. Adam Driver always has good performances. He never misses, except for Star Wars. But that's not his fault. And you, Even in Star Wars, I thought he was fine. He's the best part of those movies. Really? Yeah. I thought the best part of the movies was the stars. I thought you were going to say Porgs. <laughs> Do you remember those things? Yeah. The A noises little, they little made. Little tiny guys. <laughs> I hate pork so much. Uh, that one is coming out as well, debuting there. Uh, out of competition, Woody Allen. Another they film. really don't care. They really don't care. Another film with Woody Allen. Uh, the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, Wes Anderson's newest film. He has two this year. This really? one is a short film. I believe it's 40 minutes, but they're still categorizing it as a film. Okay. That one's coming out on Netflix in a couple months. So that's also here. In case you want, still haven't seen Asteroid City. No, I don't really want to. Yeah, I'm kind of over honest. Wes Anderson. Like, yeah. I know everyone loves Wes Anderson, but he's also the like the stereotypical. I love film because I watch Wes Anderson movies, and he's only really okay, made you two can't movies. Be I saying really that. like, I can say that. I can say whatever I want. Who's the one with a film degree? Oh wait, <laughs> that just a film degree. <laughs> that just that just proved me. You right. studied four years to have a subjective opinion about a subjective thing. That doesn't make any sense. If my teachers taught me anything, they tried to teach me that film was objective, which is the worst thing that's ever happened. Ew. Hearing that a bunch sucks. of old men tell me that this is how you should view film is was one of the worst experiences of my life. Okay, if that's your opinion, then I could talk about anything acting. Because <laughs> I went to school for acting. Boom. Did you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> we not talked about that. No. <laughs> how long? You, wait, what? You were, How long did you go for? Two years. Does that mean I can cast you in a movie and you'd be good? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty good. Give me a, give me something right now. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that was my guy. 
saying, yeah, boy. How about in French? Bonsoir. Boy. There you go. So, so we'll clip that. And then anyone who wants to cast Mr. Yeah, Collins. Yeah, you guys want to hook me up. I did not know that. No, I know I you were in school for something and then you, you dropped out. I didn't know it was no, acting. I finished it. You finished it? Yeah, boy. What What am I not getting? What? What? I thought you dropped out of it. I never dropped out. I got my diploma. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you learn something every day. Good yeah. to know. Now I'm going to... Okay. So you're the acting guy. I'm the... Film? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's good to know. Puts things in uh, perspective. perspective. Uh, <laughs> you think I like plays so much. <laughs> I, I know you talk about Hamlet so much, and you talk about Shakespeare, so it makes sense. But now, yeah. now it fully makes sense. You're a little drama nerd. Isn't that cute? Yeah. You're a little drama kid. So cute. Um, continuing the list, yeah, Wes Anderson's new film. Uh, Argo Drift, this is the Harmony Kareen out of nowhere film with Travis Scott. Yeah. That is infrared. Yeah. Apparently shot in infrared completely, which is insane. But I'm also for it a little I, bit. I, that's gonna piss me off. I, I think. I know it's gonna mad. look terrible, I think. Yeah. And also Travis Scott acting. I know. I don't yeah. want to see it, but I Harmony Kareen kind of works with weird out there ideas. So that that's his whole thing. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be opposed to it. He hasn't made a film since Spring Breakers. No, he did yes, the, he beach, the Beach Bum, sorry. Beach bum. Matthew uh, which, which the Beach Bum was a lot more tame for Harmony Korean film. I think it's because he had so many stars. Yeah. Like I don't think people were on board for as much odd crap yeah. as he usually This does. is going back into what Harmony Korean does, which is weird artsy kids, great movie. Gummo, great movie. Sure. <laughs> you say whatever whatever you want to say. Richard Linklater is also back. Hitman. Not much more that I know about this than it is a Hitman? Richard Linklater film. Like the video game? No. It's Hit Spaceman. <laughs> hit Spaceman? Hit. And then like oh, a space. And then man. man. So not, yeah. It's a, not Hitman. I think it's about a Hitman, but it's not It's not the Hitman. It's not Agent 47 okay. or whatever. Because okay. uh, th- those already have movies, don't they? Yes. Okay. Then it was terrible and it bombed. Dude, I used to see them, I swear, at like Blockbuster or something all the time. Probably. Yeah. Because they, they don't know how to do spy th- films, apparently. It's the hardest genre for these people, for Hollywood to try to do. Um, Link later has not done anything of substance, really, I think. Hopefully, this is putting him back into that. I'm a big Link later fan. I love his before movies. The before trilogy is fantastic. Wasn't as high as Boyhood as everyone else was. I'm not a boy. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm I not really like Boyhood. I love the idea of it. I love that he just stayed with this cast for yeah. however long that was and I like I want to love it I just didn't love it when I watched it I also haven't seen it since it came out so oh really yeah my opinion could change on it considering I watched the before films after Boyhood I might uh-huh. have more of a respect for Boyhood but I'm excited to watch Link later he's a fun carefree director and I think he puts out some really genuine heartfelt movies yeah rewatch Boyhood it's actually really good yeah I, probably I, I do think you'd like it on, um, a re- on a rewatch Speaking of more directors, I wasn't kidding. Roman Polanski. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Palace. What the hell? That is coming out as well. Um, and then J.A. Boyana, who did the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom film. <laughs> Society of the Snow is the closing film at the festival. Okay. So those are coming out to Venice. That's everything that's debuting there, which is earlier than TIFF. So Hitman is the one only that I can see of so far on this list. I'm sure there's probably more. Crossover. So there's not a lot of crossover between these two festivals. It's a, a lot of it is just 
a lot of new movies coming out. It's kind of exciting because hopefully they stay on the dates. To TIFF now, and we start off with a film that has been, oh my God, just delayed after year after year after year. We were supposed to see it last year, didn't come out. Finally, it's real. We know it's real. It's got a trailer out. Next Goal wins. Taika Waititi's newest film. Michael Fassbender as well in that one. This was filmed years ago, but they had to reshoot it because they had uh, Cannibal Guy in the movie. Call Me By Your Name. Army Hammer. Army Hammer was in the film, so they had to replace. Cannibal repl- Guy. They had to replace. Well, known. Ca- sorry, alleged cannibal. Yeah. I guess I can't say Cannibal Guy. It's al- allegedly. Allegedly, the guy likes Wants the feast. to be a cannibal. Yes, yes, yes. So they had to replace him. We filmed it. I love Taika Waititi. Regardless of what you say about the Thor movies, he's a really funny, wholesome, g- genuine director. And there's a lot of people that try to hate on him now because of Thor Love and Thunder, and I won't have it. I'm a big Jojo Rabbit fan. Yeah, good movie. It's a great like movie. The, it's one I of liked, the best satires. I liked his first Thor. I thought it was really good. And I do, do you not like Love those Thunder? new movies. No. I wouldn't. There's nothing really that can get me to watch a Marvel movie. Thor anymore. Ragnarok is genuinely funny. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok was great. Yeah, it's a very good movie. And that's. I hope it comes back to classic Taika. I think it will. Hopefully. Uh, as well for more world premieres, Dumb Money. This is the film with Craig Gillespie, who did Cruella. Uh, and this is about the shorting of GameStop on Reddit. Yes. I, I'm a little I'm a little worried that this isn't going to be as good as it is because the cast is so rich. You got Paul Dano. You got Seth Rogen, Shailene Woodley, Anthony Ramos. You got America Ferrara. Ferraria and uh, Pete Davidson, and it's a great cast. the The premise is great. It's a little fast. Came out pretty yeah. pretty fast, but I guess someone had to capitalize on it. I don't think this is going to be Oscar worthy. I, I, it, by the premise and the cast, it should be. I just don't think Craig Gillespie is of that level. So we'll see with that one. But that is getting its debut at TIFF before it comes out. I think a week later after TIFF. Lee is another film. Kate Winslet is back uh, in a war film. So that's this film. Uh, be on the lookout for this one as well. It has Alexander Skarsgård in there. And Andrea Riseborough, who was the shock Best Actress nominee last year, came out of like, the, the, the whole grassroots campaign that she actually got <laughs> a nominee without being anywhere else, and it was just that one for Two Leslie. So watch out for that one. That one apparently is going to be really good. The End Where We Start, this is a Jodie Comer and Benedict Cumberbatch film, uh, and it's written by the people, I think Alice Birch, who did The Wonder, which came out last year with Florence Pugh. Could be a good movie. I don't think there's going to be much there, but one to look out for. Pain Hustlers. This is David Yates, who is of Harry Potter fame. Uh, This is uh, his newest film with Emily Blunt and Chris Evans. It's got Jay Duplass in it. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Seven Veils. It's got Adam Agoyan. You know who Adam Agoyan is? He's a very famous Canadian director. Maybe I only know him because my film teacher. You, you're just staring at me with a blank look right nah, now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is Amanda Seyfried, who you're a huge fan of. Am I? Am I? You told me you really liked her in The Dropout. Oh, in The Dropout. Yeah, she was good in The Dropout. Yeah. I like her in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. What else am I? Uh, I don't know if I'm a big Amanda Seyfried fan. <laughs> She's good. I don't know if I'm leading the fan club on that. <laughs> Should you? I don't think so. No? You don't want to start one? I'm okay. She's good, though. She's very good. Anatomy of a Fall. This is the Palme d'Or winner uh, that won at Cannes this year. 
this is going to be one to watch out for because the last the last Palm d'Or winner was Triangle of Sadness. So it could yeah. be one. I've heard nothing but acclaim for this movie as well. Heck yeah. It's about a story of a woman who's uh, been thrown into, like her life was been thrown into turmoil because her husband died and they're blaming her for it, uh, even though she says she's innocent. So that is what that film is. It's a courtroom drama. Gone Girl. Courtroom. <laughs> you think it's going to have the twist of like what Gone Girl does? I haven't even seen Gone Girl and I know the twist. It's, Never uh, seen Gone Girl? No, I know. What are you doing? It's the bro? one Fincher movie doing? I haven't seen. It's a great movie. I'm sure it is. Phenomenal. It's not really a twist. Wow. I mean, it's a twist, but like, yeah. It's like one of the most famous twists. The most? I'd know. say it's it's got to be up there. Not like at the end, though. No, it's like, what, a quarter of the way in? Or like halfway through? Yeah, you, I mean, it's like about that, too. I know. I, know, I, w- I watched 20 minutes of it, and then I turned it off. Cause it's because I could what? never find it on streaming. Oh, bro! You got go watch it. It's I good. I, I it's will good. watch. You not watch Gong Girl before Fincher before Fincher's newest film comes out. I'll watch it. Tyler Perry. That's ben not a Affleck. selling point. Why would you say Tyler Perry's name first? Uh, billionaire Tyler Perry. You don't yeah, like him? Yeah. Ben Affleck ben and Affleck. Rosamund Pike are great. Yeah, I like both of them. I will watch it. Don't worry. Uh, Fair play. This one debuted at Sundance this year, and this is getting very well comparisons to Sanctuary film that I recommended to you to watch in the first episode of Cinemates, which you still haven't watched. Uh, psychological thrillers with uh, Phoebe Denver, who's getting really, really great rave reviews. And Alden... Uh, oh my god. Alden Ehrenreich. Let me try that again. He's also getting fantastic reviews for his performance, which I've seen. Okay. And I have grown to really appreciate Alden Ehrenreich. The first time I saw him was Solo, and that was not the best way to see Alden Ehrenreich. He's done very well in everything else I've seen him in. He's a good actor. I'm excited to see him in Is a role like this. Is that how you like pronounce this. his name? Aaron yeah. Okay. Uh, he was in um, that one movie we watched. Uh, was it Oppenheimer? Yeah, he's in Oppenheimer. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I didn't mention this on the Oppenheimer. I really, really liked him as an actor. And I thought he was going to be really, really good because I saw him in Hail Caesar in like 2015. Yep. And he was sensational in that. And then the next thing I saw him was Solo. And I was so mad because they they did not use him right. I know he's, it's he's, he's a really good actor. He's trying to do a Harrison Ford impersonation the entire yeah. movie. And it doesn't work. He it is a great actor, work. and that's why I'm excited. I for really this. loved him in Oppenheimer, though. I meant to mention that Netflix has the rights for that movie, so that one's that's gonna be how coming. You say out. his name, Alden Reich, yeah. Okay, Hitman. That's the one crossover, like I mentioned. So that's the Richard Linklater film. Oh, I forgot to say, Glenn Powell's the lead of that one. Oh, so I I like Glenn Powell. I'm yeah. Excited for that Monster, which is a hero. Hero, I can't speak today. You say that every episode. <laughs> I think it's just a thing. Hirokazu Koreeda's newest film. Uh, he came out last year with Broker, which a lot of people thought was going to be a big Academy player. Not so much, but Monster is uh, coming out there. Koreeda loves, he loves Tiff. Like He's there every single year. And I, I, he was there for my screening of one of the films that I saw for him. Didn't didn't love the movie, but he's like the ju- the most like gentle human being I've ever seen in my life. He's like just some old grandpa who just loves. This. He's like I love everyone here. Like you're all so cute, and his films are really tender. So, I've heard this one's a little bit more of a um, uh, oh, they're all serious, but this one's way more psychological than a lot of his other films, which makes me put that one on my radar because I'm fine with it. The holdovers. This is with Paul Giamatti, and this is Alexander Payne's newest film. Uh, he hasn't made a film in like six years. And this is uh, 
good, looks good. It looks very good. The trailer's already been out for that one. And then the Zone of Interest. This is the last one that I want to highlight here. Uh, it's by Jonathan Glazer, who did Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. This is uh, not a director you would think would be getting a lot of <laughs> praise for Oscar or uh, potential Oscar talk, and he's up there. And this movie debuted at Cannes to really good reviews. It's a really slow, sad uh, look. At, it's during World War II with Auschwitz, and it's uh, apparently a very heavy film, which is strange from the director of Under the Skin, but apparently it's fantastic. So those are all the movies coming out at TIFF. Cool. Which ones stuck out to you the most? Hmm. The Linklater one seemed good. Hitman? Yeah. I didn't sell you at all on that one, and that's the one that no, you sold No, you, you were just talking about Linklater, and I was like, hmm. I kind of want to see Link later. Yeah. Anything else? Um, trying to think. I can really only think about all the bad directors after you said them all. Yeah, there's a lot of weird directors that are going out there. There's also Tiff has a lot of actors becoming directors. Anna Kendrick, she's doing one. Ethan Hawke is also doing one. Viggo Mortensen. Oh. Got Michael Keaton. So, I don't know how those are going to be, but... Yeah, I want to see more Linklater. Well, you can never get enough Linklater. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Is it Boyhood? Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Uh, let me see. Probably. That's the one I can think of. Do you like the before movies? I haven't seen them in a very long time. Do they hold up? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You think? Yeah. I've got all three on Criterion. Very good movies. When was the last when was the last one come out? Twenty thirteen? Yeah. It was a lot more recent than I thought. Well, I guess ten years ago, but I would love for them to do another one. I don't think they will, but I, w- I could see them making those movies forever. Yeah. Yeah, probably Boyhood. Boyhood's really good, man. Oh, he did Bad News Bears. <laughs> and School of Rock. Yeah, you didn't Ooh, know he did School of Rock. I did not know he did School of Rock. You thought he was just the dazed and confused guy? Yeah. Probably Boyhood still, though. Yeah. Bad News Bears is really good. School of Rock is probably one of my favorite ones that he's done. Yeah, I'm looking here. Probably Boyhood, Bad News Bears, Dazed and Confused, then School of Rock. He's done a lot of stuff that I haven't even seen. Good for him. I should probably watch some more of these. The last movie he did was like the Where Did You Go Bernadette, I believe, which came in and went so fast because it was the most disposable movie. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, apparently it was one of the most disposable movies he's made, which is upsetting. Because normally there's always something good to get out of all of them. So yeah. I think Hitman will be good. I'm excited to Whatever see Whatever it. it's about. I'm also excited to see Glenn Powell not be cast-typed Hit anymore. Space Man. Let's go. <laughs> Sell gonna, me, Link, later. That's what we're going to call it. Hit Space Man. What, about, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, Dude, I keep just thinking of all the bad directors <laughs> that you said. I really want to see how Poor Things does. I'm very yeah. curious about that. I'm a big Yorgos Lanthimos guy. I wasn't as huge on The Lobster as a lot of other people are, but I love The Favorite. Dude, uh, I saw the... Okay, this is really weird. The Lobster somehow came out, and it wasn't even in a festival or something, but it was like leaked online, and then like three, two years later, it came out. Really? And I was so confused because I was like, I've seen this movie before. Because mm. I was on one of those cam sites, <laughs> and I watched the whole thing. And I was like, "Oh, that was of course you did." You watched a cam, and then it was literally like two years later that I was like, "This movie isn't out." 
Yeah, I watched it for the first time last year, and I was a little like, whoa, this is what the movie everyone's hyped up is? I'm like, oh, okay. It was better when it came out um, at the time. I don't know if it ages that that great. Not not that like, any of the content is. I just think we're like beyond those movies at this point. Isn't it crazy how the favorite was like Olivia Coleman's breakout role, and now she's in everything? The favorite? Yeah. Favorite's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'm excited to see that one. I also want to see- The Frankenstein one I want to see, too. Yeah, that's poor things. Yeah. Oh, that's Poor Things. Yeah. Which one are you talking Oh. I said Poor Things. Is that the Emma Stone? Yeah. Oh. That's I was thinking you were talking about something else. No, that's Yorgos Lanthimos's That's Poor Things. What was the one you were talking about before that? I only mentioned Poor Things. No, the one on the list before that. That's what I thought you were talking about. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. You're going to yeah, make me, that's the make one. me go back to The Frankenstein one is the one I'm interested in. Yeah. That okay. one for Venice, I'm interested to see. I also want to see how Ferrari does because Michael Mann has not made Ferrari. a movie in a decade. And Michael Mann is interesting. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting director. I've not okay. seen I've not seen Heat yet. Then Poor Things, I think I'm interested in. Heat? You haven't seen Heat? No, I have not. There's a lot of blind as far as many lot of blind spots. You gotta see some classics, man. Oh no. And from it's Tiff too invested in your Marvel movies. <laughs> from Tiff, I wanna watch uh I'm really interested in the Anatomy of a Court. The whichever yeah, that one that is, that one. The, I, the Palm d'Or winner. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited for that one, and then next goal wins. Those are the two that I'm really looking forward to. And fair and fair play. I want to see Elden Ehrenreich have a breakout, like breakout. Yeah, role. I want to see him in something. The, yeah, that court especially one with the sanctuary comparisons. If it's like it, it's got a lot to hold up to sanctuary. Okay, well, I gotta watch sanctuary then. You do have to watch sanctuary, but I, I've seen a lot of comparisons for that, and like that was like the first. Is, thing the, it, is was it based there. in a courtroom? The um the other one, Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah, Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Ooh, we haven't had a good like courtroom movie in a bit. Had the trials of Chicago Seven. Ooh, that was a good one. I liked it. I know I, people didn't. I liked it a lot too. I don't think it stayed with me. That's my issue. Yeah. Was that I was like, well, this is great, and then it was like, eh, I don't like. Did you see it streaming? Yeah, yeah. It was only streaming, right? I Did think Netflix out? put it out in theaters oh, because yeah. that's when Netflix didn't hate their movies. It felt being like in one of those like everyone talks about it for like a week or two streaming movies, and then it oh, just it was also during COVID. Yeah, it just falls apart. Yeah, it's good yeah, though. It's good. Yeah. But we haven't had like a good. I guess that was that was good. My people didn't like it though, because Aaron Sorkin Sorkin is not a good director. Aaron Sorkin is an amazing script writer, like ten out of ten script writer. He makes amazing scripts. He is the most bland director I've ever seen in Hollywood. He needs to stop directing his own movies. Write your scripts, and give them to someone else. They would be so much more impactful if he just gave his scripts to someone else like molly's game i'm sure so many people would love molly's game a lot more if it was given to a more exciting director and write the social network too just do it do you want a social network too yeah, there's been talks about it for so long i want it you know how good it would be what is he directed molly's game the trial of chicago seven and be in the ricardos yeah all of those movies would probably be so much better if it had a better director oh interesting but the academy you w- saw being the Ricardos. Yeah, the I ac- heard. Of, I heard people liked it. It's fine. I hear it was more carried by performances than. Yeah, the academy over-nominated it like they yeah. always do. They love one of those. Trial of Chicago. Like he's one of the directors that'll always get over-nominated because of his name. State. Yeah, crap. He's a good writer. He's a fantastic <laughs> writer. He's one of the best screenwriters of the 21st century. Jesus. Oh my God. Slay. But he needs he needs a director. He needs to stop directing. It's my take. Okay. Hey, so I don't. I, I don't even I, think it's a hot take. I've I, only I, seen the one. So. I think it's a consistent take with a lot of 
his fans and his movies. Hmm. I want the social network too. Why? You're telling me that all the stuff that happened with Facebook, the trial with him would not be so interesting with Aaron Sorkin rewriting it? Yeah. And Fincher Don't directing it? That movie's like almost perfect. Yeah. I think that movie is perfect. I so I thought that was one of the movies that I thought was overrated when I first saw it, and then I rewatched it. It's, oh my it's god, it's so good! Movie. It's it's so good. I don't have it at five stars, but it's you like should. that's it's that so might good. be <laughs> the best movie made in like the past. Hey, according to the Oscars, the King's Speech was better, which is King's Speech mid. It, uh, yeah, okay. I've heard people like the. He King's just stutters. <laughs> that's I, the whole thing. Uh, the Social Network is like one of the best movies ever made in history. It's one of the scripts ever, best scripts ever made. All time. Your love writing. That's like the script. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I want a second The one. King's Speech? He just stutters. You, you're going to tell me that if Fincher and Sorkin team up to make a second one, it's going to be bad? No, no of I just, it I just don't, I don't. That movie's just so perfect. Like, don't touch it. I, I, just guess, want, you know, I want Jesse Eisenberg back. I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting it. Jesse Eisenberg needs to be back in movies again. Really? Yes. I love Jesse Eisenberg. You liked his Lex Luthor? <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg needs to be in non-superhero movies. He's done stuff lately, hasn't he? He had that one show on Hulu that came out this year, um, and he also directed a movie that I was not a huge fan of, but he was did not act in that one. He has not acted. Fleischman in, is in yeah, trouble. Yeah, Fleischman in Trouble. Fleischman is in Trouble. I heard it got better. I started it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. But Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, Adam Brody. Yeah. Let's go. You big Adam Brody guy? Yeah, of course. Have you, see, have you seen The Kid Detective? I did watch that. I watched it recently. It's a very good movie. It, yeah, it was shot in North Bay. It's Canadian. It was very funny because that's where Maddie's from. We were uh. watching it. She's like, that's, that, hey, that's my street. <laughs> it's it a, very weird. It's a fun little movie. Yeah, it is a fun little movie. And it's funny. Yeah. It was good. It's a good Canadian movie. It was very Canadian. Oh, it's extremely Canadian. No wonder it did awful in theaters. Yeah. Because no one, everyone, I bet you everyone was like, ah, what is this movie? We watched, it was funny, we keep watching about movies that somehow were shot in North Bay, but we like don't know that they took, we watched one that was like about a bear attack. And Matt, <laughs> we were watching it, Maddie goes. Cocaine bear? No. <laughs> Maddie was like, uh, oh, uh, I think I know this campsite. I was like, there's no way you know this campsite. <laughs> like what? It just looks like a normal campsite. She's like, no, no, I've camped there. It's called yada yada. Then I looked up where it was shot and it was exactly that. How do you guys know everything? What? I feel like the two of you are filled with just like so much life experience for two people that are only like 27 years old. What do you mean? <laughs> like you just know everything. You guys are just so like, I, that's insane that I've never seen a movie aside from like The Boys where I'm like, oh, that's familiar. Well, I feel like if it's shot in North Bay and you're from North Bay. I had North a movie Bay, that was supposed to be know. in Kitchener and nothing was there. Yeah. Well, North Bay's smaller, right? Like, you know, the True. she was literally like, oh, that's that street. That's that street. North Bay and Sudbury are a very big movie places now it's huge there bro yeah. they have like a whole fake town you drive by downtown in the middle of the summer there's like fake snow everywhere yeah it's wild there it's a good spot for it great yeah it's like a very good dystopian place uh, she was saying like, like so many food. people like just in that city are employed just by the movies that are made there why don't you go work there well hey i'm not gonna tease anything uh, oh <laughs> no, no but she's in fashion so like she could do like costumes or something so yeah. great costumes i think we got something going here you as an actor maddie as the costume designer me as the guy director 
I could not direct a movie. No. I've directed Have you ever one. Wanted to make movies. So I've directed one thing in my life, which was a short film, and it was one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. Oh really? Why? It's awful. Because I had to script it and I had to direct it, and I had the ambition of doing a film about two, like one person from the past and the future talking to each other, but I didn't have an actor, like a good actor. So I used my friend. Oh. And he's like the most, God bless his soul. I love you, John. He was like the most, like, so, like the worst director, the worst <laughs> actor you could ever think of. And I had one shot in the movie that I was so proud of, which was the two of them standing and, and like staring at each other. But then I decided to make them like back and forth, like shot reverse shot the entire time. And it's just so weird. And the, the insane, <laughs> I, I mean, okay. Let me let me let me call. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. You know, let's talk about my let's talk about my short film. This is going. I I have to talk about it. So, it's about this guy named Brian who's dating this girl named Emma. Um, (laughs) and so the the film is about the two of them and their relationship. Except I skip over all of their relationship, and then Emma leaves immediately, and then Brian is just like walking away, and then he goes. You just hear someone being like, hey, stupid, or something like that. And then he turns around, and then it's him from the future. But it's still the same guy. He looks the exact same. He's just wearing <laughs> a hat. And then it's he's just like, what? Who are you? He's like, I'm you. I mean, I am you, but I'm from the future. And he's just like, uh, and then so it's just them talking about it. It's just like, yeah, you have to break up with her. And he's just like, why? He's like, oh, like just trust me. Like You can't talk to her ever again. Like It's for the best. And then he's just like, why can't you tell me what happened? So then I have a hard cut and then it's a flashback sequence, but like a few or like a flash forward sequence at the same. Like it's about like their relationship, Brian and Emma's relationship (laughs) where they're fighting. They're like mad at each other. And then she storms out of the house uh, because I think he's like stressed out with his job or something like that. And then she storms out of the house and gets hit with a car. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um. And I use the Inception theme song in the background. So, you know, that that's a tall task to use one of the most iconic scores of all time. The, t- just... the time piece. The dun, dun. So okay. um, it's so funny. Sounds bad, back. man. And then so future Brian leaves and then present Brian's like, oh, what am I going to do? And then he gets a phone call from Emma. And then the one shot I do like this shot. I was like, I zoom in onto the phone. And then it just like you just hear the alarm go off, and that I fade to black, and then you just hear the alarm still go. So it's like an open-ended ending. Okay. Okay. But the script is so bad, <laughs> so bad. I had some decent shots in there. Six minutes, I think. Okay. I had some decent shots in there. I think I've scrubbed it. I think it's gone from everywhere. I don't think there's a link anywhere. I'd that like I'll to see to it. it. I don't think I have it anymore. Jake Schultz directorial debut. I think I've. What lo- was it called? begin again i think Ugh. i i've i've lost like this thing is gone from the vault <laughs> i don't think you can find it sounds like a how i met your mother episode you want to get into how i met your mother again <laughs> <laughs> have you made anything uh yeah made anything yeah like any short films or yeah i was in a short film once it was about like a party and i did like a drug and went back in time or something i don't know why is time always the thing that I feel like people do for sure? I, I was just an actor in it. I was so bold to do time <laughs> like that and to have a shot where both of them are in the exact same frame. But we didn't have, like, I was so stupid that I didn't stop and, like, 
record him again on the other side. So I had to match up both shots like that and like blur the middle of it so I could get both of them. It took me four hours for like a two second shot. Jeez. And it wasn't worth it at all. <laughs> if it was good, it would have been worth it. And I remember showing it in class and everyone was like, yeah, uh, that was yeah, great. Was right. And I'm just like, no, I, like, I, I knew it was bad. But God bless my friend for doing that because he didn't need to. And it was freezing cold. We did this all outside. So this is oh. in the middle of winter. My hands were frozen. He was frozen. It was an awful, awful experience. Sounds fun. But it was like a solid, I think it was a 12-hour shoot that we did. For a okay. five minute, because it was so, oh, it was a uh, something. It was something that's for sure. None of you are gonna see it. It's I have not a, happening. I have a scene from the movie I was in. Uh, it was like a blooper or something, but I, I saved it on my phone. I'll show you after. I like, I go up to these girls to talk to them. I like sit on the table, but the table collapses and I just <laughs> fall. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll show you after. That's pretty funny. I want to <laughs> see. It. Should we put that in the video version? Sure. All right. So if you're listening to the audio, that's our cue. Subscribe to our YouTube. Go to YouTube. Go and watch this Minus. exclusive clip. And here it is. Ha-ha! Wasn't ha, that so funny? Wow, wow that was great. Look at that. Wow, only YouTube people That's would get crazy. That. All the audio listeners, you suckers. You all suck. You want to get into what's coming out this week? Let's do it. The, the big one for the week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Coming out on Wednesday. Another Wednesday release date. This is getting great reviews. As expected, I think. As soon as everyone saw the animation, I think people were probably pretty... It looks sick. Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. really cool. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm excited for this one. Even if it's not like a great movie, it looks really cool, and I like the Turtles, man. Did you like the Michael Bay one? I haven't seen it. I don't know. I got burnt on Michael Bay so madly that yeah. I was like, I'm not watching these. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big Mikey B guy. I like Bad Boys. Bad Boys is sick, bro. Painting Gain is so boring. Have you seen that? I movie? love Painting Gain. Mark, <laughs> so Marky long. Mark and the Rock. It's so long. Who's the other guy? Anthony Mackie? No. Who's the other guy in that? It's Mark Wahlberg, The Rock. I swear it's Anthony Mackie, isn't it? It's for sure not Anthony Mackie. Oh, the poster. Oh, it is Anthony Mackie. <laughs> well, I like that movie. It was fun. Meh. Goofy. Not a fan. That's about the big, the only big release that comes out until Friday, of course, because uh, this is just until Friday. You know, I gotta get, gotta cover yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But teenage, I'm excited for that. Did you watch um, the other ones before, like the live actions? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like Turtles and Turtles in Time and stuff. Oh no! How are they? Oohs? Oh, like the before the Michael Bay's. Yeah, yeah. I like thought the you live were, action one. I just had like you. You were just. I thought you were asking me about Michael Bay again, and I was like, No, no, no. Just no. ask Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, I haven't seen them. What? Yeah. Uh, Bro, they're so good. <laughs> I, I've never been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy. You gotta watch the movies, then, man. They're actually like really good movies. I've heard the the first one's good. It's all three, bro. The one <laughs> they when they go back in time and they're in the samurai is so sick. Secret of the Ooze is pretty good. I probably won't watch them at least until Secret of the Ooze something with this. Maybe maybe in the future one day, but for now, I bro, they're awesome. Uh, watch I, one at least before we watch it. I watch one tonight. I don't have. It's time. so good, bro. I don't have time to do that. So good. Uh, so that comes out, and uh, that is going to lead us into our Friday podcast, which is going to be a big, big podcast. We are going to have an animation podcast where we're going to talk about the animation industry and all that fun stuff, and we're going to have a special guest on that, aren't we? Yeah. What's his name? Well, I'll say You want to save it or say You want to save it or do you want to tease it? We'll tease it. We'll te- kind of tease it last okay. episode, too, so. 
Yes. Yeah. So it is. It isn't just an. It, it may be part of Michael's family once again, <laughs> but We've got a lot of nepotism. Guys. There is a lot. The Cinemates is a nepotism show. Uh, <laughs> but also, if you want to be on the show and you have any cinema knowledge, give us a shout. We'll see if we can uh, see if you're qualified. Yeah, you got to be part of Mike's family, though. So you're going to have to swear your way into his cult to be on this. But he is a very talented person and uh, may have some awards under his belt. So I'm excited to get to talk to him about animation uh, and get his thoughts on the industry in general. So that's going to be coming out on Friday. So look out for that for our review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Before that, though, we got to talk about what's in TV for this week because there's a little bit of stuff coming out. Uh, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures on Disney Plus. Woohoo! Another Star Wars show. I don't think anyone cares about that. Physical season what? three on. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm just gonna skip right Stop, past that. <laughs> Physical season three on Apple TV. This is a Rose Byrne show that what started off slow, but I think a lot of people are starting to like it okay. a lot. It's like the the 80s 90s like. You love Rose Byrne. On I this do podcast. love Rose Byrne, but I haven't seen it. This is the one Rose Byrne thing I have not seen yet. So I'll get to it eventually. It's just a longer show, but heard great things about that. Reservation Dogs is back as well. That is the Taika Waititi executive produced show, uh, comedy show that everyone likes. I believe this is its last season. So this is uh, that's coming back on Wednesday, Thursday. The Lincoln Lawyer. Yay, season two, part two. I mentioned part one, so I might as well mention part two. And uh, Heartstoppers, season two. This is... Uh, yeah, you wanted me to watch this one. I right? did want you to watch that. Uh, Heartstoppers is a really, really good... It's a short show. It's like 22-minute episodes. Really, really heartwarming TV show based off the TV... Or based off a book. Um, that it, It's beloved. It is a beloved show and a beloved book. And yeah. season two looks really cute, following in the same aspects and i'm uh i'm excited to watch it hell yeah i i binged it all last season one i binged it all in one day so i'll probably do the same thing for season two it's like the the easiest bingeable show you've ever watched and it's a cute relationship so i'm excited for that heck yeah and that wraps up everything that's coming out until friday what'd you watch this weekend <laughs> you're gonna hate me oh no <laughs> um i wanted to watch dave but uh, that season's not on F- FX yet. No? No. So I started the second one. Uh, it's okay so far. I like it. It's funny. Yeah. Or not the second one, the third one. Which is the one that hasn't come? Yeah, the third. So it's second. Season three. Second, second, yeah. Second one I started. Season two is okay. the third one's not out yet. Uh, that's to weird. To that. yeah. It might come out a bit later on yeah. Canada. I uh, watched a bit more of Atlanta. Um, I watched uh, more of It's Always Sunny. I'm almost done it now funny um same stuff that you agree with last episode it's just you don't get it still no i was more into it it's fine it's good you know what it is it's good it actually is good okay. i'm not i'm not like dunking on sunny actually okay funny. i'm just uh i'm not there uh, kind of the same i guess as last time um but i watched this <laughs> stupid movie oh god i watched the nexium cult a mother's nightmare what is that it's like a it was a daytime, like, AMC show. Not show, like, m- little movie. It's really, really bad. It's just about the Nexium cult. What? what? I, I have no idea why I watched this. What is What is this on? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was on maybe Disney or Crave or something. I don't know why I clicked it. Escaping the Nexium cult, a mother's fight to save her daughter? Yeah. Is this an actual movie? Yeah. What is this? 
Why would you watch this? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I'll read you my review. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. One second. Uh, why did I watch it? I don't know. I said, this is my review. One and a half stars. I told Jake I was going to binge some good television tonight. <laughs> Instead, I watched this daytime television cult movie. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Well, One that and was half stars. that was obvious. <laughs> I have no idea why I watched this movie, and I followed but, through. Was that Friday night? Yeah, that's Friday. That's how you spent your Friday night <laughs> when you told me that you were going to binge some great television. Well, I watched, watched. I watched some. It's always sunny, and I watched some Dave. Watched more of Atlanta, and then I thought, oh, I kind of want to watch a movie now. <laughs> I watched this movie. <laughs> I haven't heard of any of these people before. No, dude, this is a daytime show. Like, I don't know. It seems this thing was made on like five hundred dollar budget. Good God, man! I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you like not next time? Yeah. Uh, then I watched the Hillsong, um, the Truth About Hillsong documentary series, which is about the. Why are you watching so many documentary series? It's about the Hillsong Church, like mega church that was like Justin Bieber's um, uh, spiritual advisor was the the guy on it, who was like shamed. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Do you remember when he had that like church dude who was following around for like a couple of years? No. Really? No. Uh, it's called Hillsong. Um, no, not the Mega Church Exposed. It's like new. I think it came out. Like, How recently. many different things? Why? Why? I would, why are you so fascinated with it's documentaries? On, it's on FX. Why hmm. was I so fascinated with documentaries? This yeah. one was good. This one. Well, okay. that wasn't a documentary. That movie. Yeah, that, that was, was like a remake. Movie. It was yeah. a remake of this woman's story. It's awful. It was, oh, it's terrible. But uh, this one's interesting because they actually have the the like leader of of the not the leader of the cult, but he was like one of the front men, the Justin Bieber guy, in the documentary talking about it, mm. which was interesting. Cool. Because he's like shamed in it. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's not as like crazy as I thought it would be. It really is just, oh, capitalist megachurch covers up sexual scandal. Yeah, fair enough. Seems to happen a lot. Um, quarterbacks. Ah, you started quarterbacks. It. Oh, yeah. you finished it. Finished quarterbacks. So you started and finished it. Yeah. What would you think? It's really good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Everybody's very likable. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins now? Uh, I never hated Kirk Cousins. He's so goofy, man. He's such a lame dude. But he's, he's just, awesome, a, he's though, just yeah. a guy. He's I just really a like normal him. guy. I really like him. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that dude to be like a actually all around guy. No, I really enjoyed his. It was funny though watching the contrast between quarterbacks and then evangelical Christians is kind of funny because <laughs> that's just Kirk Cousins too. Yeah. So, but his family's so wholesome. Very wholesome. Yeah, I, I really all of them up. All all three of them are very wholesome people. Yeah, Mahomes is definitely the most like confident out of the three of them. I feel like it comes yeah, off. Be as right co- to be. It feels it comes off as cocky a lot of the time. Too. I don't get that. I I can see it. I've seen some comments. You're a hater though. No, but I I told you that I started to like Mahomes, yeah, yeah. and I I'm I was fine with it. I've just seen a lot of comments where everyone's like, "Oh, Mahomes needs a reality check." I'm like, he's just good. He's that guy, bro. Yeah, he's just talented. He's allowed to be cocky. Yeah, no, it's it a good show, and it's good for football. Yeah, I'm excited to see the second season. Joe Burrow was announced as one of the quarterbacks. So, um, oh, was he? Yes, today he was actually yeah. announced. Well, well, Any others? Uh, not that we know of yet. I honestly, I would put Jared Goff as one of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I that think would that'd be, be another one that I, I know would Prescott do. Prescott and Hurt said no. Hurt said no twice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen is going to be on it. And if they're going to try to do like the same yeah, trajectory that they do did journeyman last year. Mid elite. And then so elite. that's what they would have. They have journeyman and Jared yeah, Goff. Yeah, so I think Goff and then who do you want the journeyman? Baker? 
Oh, Baker could be good because Baker has such a flashy personality. Yeah, he might not even stay with the Bucks though. Yeah, I I could see Baker. I think Baker, Baker would be a good shout. He's Stafford too. I no, Stafford's done. I, I there'd be yeah, but that's why I think like oh, old man, sort of injured last legs. Yeah, I don't. Do really a rookie too see. might be interesting. No, I don't want to see a rookie. No, no, I'm good. Okay, I I I, I would. would be, I think they don't want to do a rookie. Good, though, like they probably uh, want to do established names. Goff, Mayfield, Burrow. That I, that's fun. a good. That's yeah. hey, that, if that ha- ends up happening, that ends up being the trio. <laughs> yeah, I like Goff. Goff or like the level of like Carr or Garoppolo. We also have to think what system's going to let them do this too, because it is very Bucks would. Because they need some well, more. Bucks light. have nothing else happening. Yeah, they, they need some more light on the franchise. Detroit would. They're on the up and up. Well, and Detroit Burrow already said yes, last year, right? Yeah. So that's I a good three. I like those three. Is golf gonna be boring though? Golf's awesome. I like golf. I, I like golf, golf a lot, lot too. He's, he's. I've heard him on a couple of podcasts. He's pretty interesting. Okay. He's, he's a good good guy. Anything else? Was that all you watched? Uh, I think that's mostly what I watched. Cool. I'm trying to remember if I watched anything else. I didn't watch anything aside from quarterbacks. Hell yeah. So I was a busy boy, as you can see by my shirt. Follow Saw boy. Some, uh, follow boy. Last night, very good. Hell yeah! I won a soccer game last night. <sighs> no one cares. No one cares. You saw follow boy. That's not true. There's a lot of follow boy. Hey, there's a lot of soccer fans. <laughs> who? Me. Says who? Me. What? Grow what? up. What? All right. Whatever. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good spot to stop it. You, you feeling good? Yeah, I I want to go see this teenage mutant ninja turtle. I gotta watch Spider Man tonight. Yes. He, we're doing animated. Going you gotta, you gotta see it. Okay. We can't talk okay. animated without okay. seeing the best animated movie of the year. Okay. I think and that's I have good. to watch it in theaters. Yes, you do. No cam versions for you. And I will find out if you did or not. I have connections, so don't do it. To if I watch it on a cam? Yes. Who are you, how are you gonna find out? You gonna go you gonna ask Talkie Vids if I watch it? <laughs> uh let me just say that uh I will I will find you. And I will hurt you if you watch a camera. Are you going to the theater too? No. Come with me. Oh. No. <laughs> no. I'm not. Are you going like to wait at the 740 show? Look, I've already, I've, I ha- we already established that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going to be a movie this year. I can't go again. I can't see three movies in like four days. That's, that's, that's blowing my bank. You do it all the time. Shut up. I've seen Spider-Verse already though. I'm not going to. Yeah, that's fair. I love okay, the movie. Okay. All right. And just, just go see it. We're done? We're done. That's going to conclude. Should I say captivating? No. No more captivating. <laughs> I didn't say Rose Gallery in this one. You didn't. Or last episode. Doing good. You didn't say it last one either. Hell I called yeah. you out, though. I think that's why. No, I think that was the one before. You didn't say Rose Gallery. Rose Gallery is out of my mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Anyway, get ready for our Rose Gallery. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our cinematic journey today, exploring the wonders of storytelling and the magic of the silver screen. We want to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every fan a lot of you these days oh yeah thank thanks. you for all the messages on our spider-man thing oh my so many uh, messages a lot of hate a lot of love no was, a lot of hate it was mostly hate but was, I, there was a lot of love i was i got a lot of your rights uh i actually got a lot of um takes on what's that movie it's everything everywhere all at once a lot of people agree with me People coming out of the woodwork. Also take. saying that it was made. It's an awful take. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube. Follow our Twitters. Michael Z. Collins, Jake underscore, Jake underscore Schultz 6. Um, Gax Reviews on Letterboxd. Piccolo on Letterboxd. P-I-C-L-O. Uh, and the pod on Twitter. And follow our pod on Twitter. We always forget about always forget the, pod the pod every time. Why are you already here? <laughs> anyway, 
As always, if you have any uh, TV or movie recommendations, shoot them to us. But until next time, keep watching, keep exploring, and may the magic of cinema and television continue to inspire you all. This is Cinemates. Au revoir.